Balak and Balaam. The years of wandering continued, and the Israelites who had disobeyed God began to age and die. Miriam and Aaron were among them. Just as the Lord had vowed they would, a new generation began to grow up to take their place. Tough young people who had never known anything but the hardships of the traveling life and who were well trained in fighting skills. As the nation moved around the borders of Canaan, the local tribes came out to defend their homes. And though sometimes the Israelites were forced back by the sheer number of warriors facing them, on many occasions they engaged in fierce battles. With the help of the Lord, they began to win victory after victory, slaying the Amorite kings, Sion of Heshbon and Og of Bashan, and taking their lands. Then they moved into the plains of Moab. The Moabites had heard of the destruction of the Amorite peoples, and they were, and when they saw the Israelites heading in their own direction, they were very frightened. Balak, the son of the king, decided there was nothing to do but ask, but to ask a great prophet named Balaam for help. Hastily, he sent several courtiers off to Balaam with money and an urgent message. These Israelites we face won their way out of slavery in Egypt. How can we take on such a mighty people and win? Please come to Moab and put a curse on them, so we'll be able to drive them out of our lands. Balaam listened to the courtiers and told them that he would answer their request for their help the following morning. Once he'd been given, once he'd given it careful consideration, but that night God appeared to him in his dreams. Do not grant these people what they ask, he instructed Balaam, for I have blessed the Israelite nation. Next day, the courtiers' faces fell as Balaam told him of the, his decision, and their hearts were heavy as they hurried back. When Balak heard the disappointing news, he began to panic, and instantly dispatched some of his highly some of his most highly regarded nobles, laden down with even more riches to Balaam. Balak will give you whatever you want, they begged the wise men. Only, please, we beg you, return us with us to the Moab and put a curse on the Israelites. Balaam felt very sorry for the desperate nobles. However, he still refused to help. Even if Balak gave me his whole treasure house, I couldn't go against the word of God. He explained, but during that night, but during the night, God spoke to him once again. I shall allow you to go with the Moabites after all, he told Balaam, but do only what I tell you to do. When they woke up the next morning, the nobles were overjoyed to see Balaam saddling up his donkey. There's no time to lose, they cried, full of renewed hope, and they hurried off, hurried him off at once on the road back to Moab. Unfortunately, before they had gone very far, Balaam's donkey started to act up. She suddenly veered off the road and charged into a field, with the prophet clinging on for dear life. After heaving on the donkey's harness with all his strength, Balaam finally managed to bring her to a halt. As soon as he'd gotten his breath back, the angry prophet struck the animal with his staff. After walking on a little way, the donkey suddenly sheed again, this time crushing Balaam up against a wall and bruising his leg. The prophet was amazed that his usefully, usually peaceful animal was behaving in this way and once again dismounted to give the donkey a beating. Imagine Balaam's dismay when, before they had gotten 
much further down the road, he felt the donkey's leg begin to buckle beneath him. He managed to jump off just in time before the animal rolled over and lay down. That's it, yelled Balaam in anger. He began to hit the donkey even more savagely than before. Unbeknown to Balaam and the others, the donkey had taken fright three times because on each occasion, the angel of the Lord had suddenly appeared in front of her, blocking her the way. Now the poor animal was startled once again to find that she could talk. What have I done? She brayed at Balaam. Why are you punishing me? I've never let you down before. Balaam was stunned, but he still managed to stutter a reply. You made a fool of me, you stupid animal. As soon as the words had left his lips, God lifted the veil that had been clouding the prophet's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in front of him, brandishing his sword of flame. Balaam at once fell on his knees before the terrifying angel and prayed to God, I have sinned, but I didn't know the donkey was swerving to avoid you, he cried. Have you come to tell me that I shouldn't be going to Moab? If so, I'll turn back right away. You may go and meet Balak, but be careful to say only what I tell you to say, the angel warned sternly. Then he vanished, and the baffled men continued on their way. Balak couldn't wait for the prophet to arrive at his palace, but rushed out to meet him instead. Wasting no time, he took Balaam up into the mountains from where they could see all the tribes of Israel camped below. Three times, on three different peaks, Balak made a sacrifice to the Lord. And each time, on each peak, Balaam heard God telling him not to curse the Israelites, but to bless them. Israel shall crush the people of Moab, Balaam prophesied. The descendants of Jacob shall invade your cities and destroy them. Needless to say, Balak was furious. He banished Balaam straight back home without delay. But everything came to pass just as Balaam had foretold. And the Israelites crushed the people of, of the plains of Moab. About the story. Balaam has the power to bless or curse people. Balak wants Balaam to help the Moabites by putting a curse on the Israelites. However, the Israelites have God's blessing, and Balaam will not go against God's will. Balaam blesses the Israelites instead of cursing them.